When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Back live and a thousand percent much better than Saturday. Welcome to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We're presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. My name is Ryan McCarthy. I'm one of your hosts, and to my right is a man who is already being compared to Thomas Patrick Edward Brain III as one of the greatest of all time. What he's great at, we don't really know. Dustin Henry. Dustin, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing all right. I don't really know what I'm great at either. We'll figure it out. You know, maybe by the time I hit 50, I'll figure something out. I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, <laughs> glad to hear that you are doing much better. I am also doing much better. We probably sound a little bit more normal to uh, some of our listeners, Some how how we normally sound, so happy for that. Running around before the show, got, got uh, tomorrow's dinner in the fridge, marinating. I got uh, tonight's Ooh. dinner in my belly. Took out the trash. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Well, I know what my dinner plans are for tomorrow night. But uh, <laughs> yeah. in the meantime, I don't even know what I'm making yet. <laughs> I don't care. I'm coming over. <laughs> All right. Before we before we get into the meat and potatoes, which I presume that Dustin's having tomorrow night, we just need to remind you about our social media channels right down here below. If you're watching live or on replay on either Rumble or the Belly Up Sports YouTube channel. We welcome you. You're also welcome to leave a comment. But in the meantime, please follow us. Give us a follow on any of our pod, any of our social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and the rarely used TikTok. It's at NoCredsRQ. Facebook.com forward slash at NoCreds, forward slash NoCredsRQ. YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsRQ. And if you wouldn't mind, please like, comment, share, and subscribe to all of our social media places. On the podcast side, if you're listening on the podcast side, subscribe to the podcast on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker. I got to change that banner. The soon-to-be departed Google Play, wherever you uh, podcast. Rate and review. Five stars would be a great rating to rate us. And if you're a platform where you can review, we might even read it on the air. And because this is a live show, and we are already getting comments in the comments section. want to remind you, this is a live show. Again, on re- if you're watching on replay on any of our social channels, on Rumble, on Belly YouTube channel, we appreciate you stopping by. Leave a comment. And Dustin, this, this noise made me feel better on Saturday. And I'm sure it's going to help out a lot of other people feel better too. So I got to put that sound. 
Yes. All right, folks, engage with the show. We want your comments. We've already got our obligatory sports ball comment from Sapna joining us from the Midwest. And Snowman saying, sports ball. Hey, hey, how about the 49ers? <laughs> we'll get to them briefly, Snowman. We'll get yes, to them we will. briefly. But before we do that, we got to talk about the AFC side of the championship bracket. We got to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens that took place on Sunday afternoon. Kansas City wins 17 to 10. They advanced to their fourth Super Bowl in the last in, in the last five seasons. Dustin, I'm gonna have you lead us off here. Dustin, what were some of your thoughts about this game? And just take us through what the motions of what you were watching. Oh man. Okay. So first off, I want to say no shade to the Kansas City Chiefs. Can't hate the player, hate the game. You know, the the Chiefs have been as successful as they have been for a reason. But I want to say, Baltimore laid an absolute egg. An egg for this game. Their defense No pun intended because they are birds. Yes. I had to say it. And it wasn't a robin's egg or a raven's egg or any other type of bird. This was a rotten egg. This thing... So... Ryan, let me tell you, when you have uh, Lamar Jackson, would you rather have him run a little bit or would you have him drop back to pass an obscene amount of times? I would rather have him mix it up and do a little both. Yes, that is the correct answer. But they had Lamar Jackson dropping back so much, so much that even I was thinking, what is going on now? Before the game, I knew it was going to get wild because because the Chiefs and Ravens got into it before the game. Mahomes and Kelsey were messing with Justin Tucker. It was a whole thing. The the Ravens, now uh, purportedly John Harbaugh, according to, uh, I believe it was Troy Aikman and Joe Buck calling this game, was it not? I can't remember. No, it was uh, Tony Romo and... uh, Oh, it was Tony Romo and Nance. That's right. Yeah, because it was a CBS... So Jim Nance said before the game that when they were talking to John Harbaugh in the the interviews, that Harbaugh said to them multiple times, he said, we want to make Patrick Mahomes feel it. We're not going to let him exit the pocket and run around on us and extend plays. And when he does, we want him to feel it. Well, the Ravens took that way too far uh, because not only did – the offensive coordinator, in my opinion, Todd Bumpkin, had a confounding game plan. You could tell that Lamar was – he was not relaxed. He was not relaxed. He was not playing comfortably. He felt like he had to do too much. There were throws where he he ran up into the pocket and went to slide, didn't really get his full foot into the throw to complete it. He just didn't look as crisp as he had looked all season – but in my opinion, the Ravens didn't. The Ravens coaching staff didn't do anything to help him. They didn't do. They didn't do some some to my mind plays that he's comfortable with to try to settle him down a little bit. And the whole Ravens team played with too much emotion. There were there were calls when they had the Chiefs stopped. 
then they would get a roughing the passer uh, penalty because a, a defender would blast Mahomes after he had let the ball go. And I get what John Harbaugh was saying. We're not going to let him just run around. We want him to feel the pressure. We want him to feel it. But you can't do that. And then you had the Zay Flowers, who was the only receiver that did anything for Baltimore. Um, even he, he made that catch over, uh, I believe it was Sneed, who has played remarkable all season, and yeah. he was great during this game. He, yeah, he Wide pushed, open, wide open. Yes, and he pushed Sneed down to the ground and then flexed over him. You can't do that. That's going to get called every single time. And then we'll get into the play that happened later, but Zay Flowers was involved in a huge play, and he was stripped, I believe, by Sneed. And after that, I get it. It's a game of emotion. You're frustrated, but he banged it. He was clearly rattled. He banged his hand on the bench, cut his hand on the bench. Odell Beckham didn't get a look until the third quarter. Now, say what you want about Odell, but he's still – dynamic enough at this stage in his career they didn't even look to him until the third quarter they just there were a lot of things the Ravens felt like they were playing desperate and they were trying to I don't want to say out tough the Chiefs or prove to the prove to the Chiefs how tough they were but they played they played like they were afraid that they were going to lose that game from the outset even with the, you know, they're trying to get Ray, they have Ray Lewis come out at the beginning of the game, and then right, right at the end of the half, they have, they turn out the lights and they have Terrell Suggs come out, like, it, like this is <laughs> like, it's, it's ridiculous, and meanwhile, the Chiefs are just doing what they do, Steve Spagnuolo's defense did a great job shutting down the Ravens, um, the, the Travis Kelsey, he may have had a down season by his standards, but he's back. He was Mahomes' mm -hmm. safety valve many times in this game. It seemed like any time, especially early, the Chiefs needed a big catch. Kelsey was the one getting them. Uh, they went for it on fourth down. Kelsey converted. It was just, you know, it was a clinic by the by the by the Chiefs. Their experience shown through in this game. But to me, the Chiefs played well enough to win, especially defensively, and they were able to get pressure on Lamar Jackson a few times um, mm -hmm. and actually sacked him twice, I believe. But the Ravens also did a ton to lose this game, just too emotional, couldn't regulate it, some, some horrible penalties at inopportune times. And uh, here we are with the Chiefs heading to the Super Bowl for the, for the AFC. Yeah, yeah. I I'll, I'll go into my thoughts about this game, uh, but first I want to preface this with a quote that was on Saturday for the Royal Rumble. I wa I watched the Royal Rumble uh, on my Peacock subscription on Saturday night. Yeah, I and there's a, there was not a whole lot on, so I'm just like, you know what? Let's watch the Royal Rumble. And the thing is with the with with wrestling, I don't I, I I don't dabble too much in it anymore. Like I'm not hardcore obsessed with it, but I still follow it. Simon Miller. The bald a-hole, just like me. Love that guy. Ups and downs. Watch that guy. He's awesome. But I watched the Royal Rumble. I watched the entire thing. And the lead announcer, Michael Cole, said this about Roman Reigns and his 1,000, well, now it's 1,249 days as WWE champion. He says, he said this, quote, we love to hear the discussions from WWE's 
about, well, Roman Reigns doesn't defend every week. Roman Reigns only defends the title every couple months. Here's what I say about that. Beat him. At the end of the day, say what you want, complain about it. doesn't matter because Roman Reigns' record-setting now 1,249 days as WWE champion continues. And that's what I'll say about the Kansas City Chiefs. You say, you complain about them every. We complain about we've we, we've talked about how we hate this team now. We now hate this team. <laughs> it, they are. I, I said on Saturday in the, in, the, in my flu haze that I'm comparing. Yes, I'm comparing this team to what the Patriots used to be. They used to be in it every single year. Every single year, year they were in in the thick of it. In the playoffs, all the way up to the championship. And now the Super Bowl. We complain about it. We say how much we hate this team. But at the end of the day, you have to beat him. And I'm, I'm, par- I'm just going by what Michael Cole said about Roman Reigns the other night. At the end of the day, say what you want. Complain about it. It doesn't matter. Because the Kansas City Chiefs are once again AFC champions. Until somebody beats them. Until somebody mm-hmm. else beats them. And the, the same applied in this game. I, I, we talked about how the Ravens could win the game if they controlled the clock early. The The script got flipped. It got flipped. And the Kansas City Chiefs went out and did just that. In the first two drives, the, the first, their first two drives, they had they absolutely won time of possession in this game. Yes. The first two drives were, if we do some real-time research here, as we, as we are wont to do on this show. Yes, it is one of our the, trademarks. Yes, it is. <laughs> trademark. First drive, 10 plays, 5 minutes, 45 seconds. Results in a touchdown. Next drive, 16 plays, 9 minutes and 2 seconds. Touchdown. So their first two drives, collectively, that resulted in a touchdown, went 14 minutes and 47 seconds. Now, that's unheard of for Andy Reid's team because Andy Reid's teams are quick-paced, high-flying, high-paced, full action, going, we're going, we're going, we're going. No, they methodically took their time because they wanted to keep they wanted to keep Lamar Jackson in that offense, which is as highly as highly as uh it's as, high octane. As, it's high Hopefully. octane. Yeah, it's a high yeah. octane, it's high octane when they need to be, which which in which they did respond. After Kansas City's first touchdown with a quick touchdown of their own, mm-hmm. but Kansas City just kept the pace kept the pace going all game long with those two long touchdown drives. I think that that was when the psychological we we talk. Hey, come back to wrestling, ring psychology, field psychology. Andy Reid absolutely took John Harbaugh to school, and yeah, yeah. I respect John Harbaugh for what he's done. He's won a Super Bowl in his time as head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, but Andy Reid's been doing this for a long time, for much longer than Harbaugh has back in his time with the, with the, uh, with the, I think it was a, the 40, I think it was a 49ers coach before he went to the Eagles. He was, well, he, I can't remember exactly where he started, but I know he was part of uh, Holmgren's staff on the Packers. It was, ah, okay. uh, it was Reed Holmgren, Morningwig, Gruden, and uh, somebody else who I am forgetting. Yeah, he was assistant offensive line and tight ends coach with the Green Bay Packers from 92 to 96. 
Then he was a quarterbacks coach and assistant head coach in 97 and 98. Then he went to the Eagles. And then he went there. He was there for, for four, 13, 15 years, for 13, 14 years. And then went to the Chiefs afterwards. So, yeah, he's been doing this for he's been doing this for quite a long time. 1999 yeah. was his first year as an NFL head coach. It, it was psychological. It was a psychological beatdown uh, with Kansas City with those two long drives. And yeah, even the pregame stuff you mentioned, Dustin, with with uh, Mahomes kicking around the tee and the ball of, Dust, of Justin Tucker, the one Ravens player who almost got in a fight with the with the bench of the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it was it was other Flowers or Arthur Malden who almost got in a scuffle, who got in a scuffle with the Chiefs before the game. But I gotta give credit where credit's due. Both teams' defenses played well. Especially Baltimore's yes. in the second half, they had the sh- they sh- they le- legitimately shut out the Ravens in the second. Ha- I'm sorry, the Chiefs in the second half. They did all the things they needed to do, but the Chiefs' defense at the end of the day, they did. They made the bigger plays. First yes. was Legarius Sneed punching the ball out of Zay Flowers' arms to save a touchdown. <coughs> Excuse me. And then on the next possession. Lamar Jackson, stop. Don't throw it into triple coverage. Yeah. And Isaiah Likely, don't throw your hand up when you're in triple coverage to show yes. who's, who he's throwing to. Because they read that all the way. Deion Bush catches the ball in the end zone. It's an interception. It's a touchback. And while we can roast Lamar Jackson, we can talk about him not being not being too quarterbacky as some. Oh, Jesus. some yep, there it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> and not being quarterbacky enough. He's too athletic, blah, blah, blah. He runs too much, this and that. We can we can we can question the decision making in his game. But we need to put the burden also on offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. What was that game plan? Why did they pass 37 times and rush for only 14? And only six of those rushes were by their running backs. When yeah. the Ravens didn't the Ravens did not stick with the girl they brought to the dance and they paid for it. And now they're sitting back home for the cleanup day on Monday. And now they're wondering what might have been. And you can either do two things. You can either learn from it or you can come back stronger the next season or you can start to fall apart. And unfortunately, the Ravens fell apart. They, they were such they were not only just physically beaten, but they were outcoached and they were psychologically taken out of the game early yeah. and often. Like before the game even happened, they were they were they yeah. were psychologically beaten. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to talk about. I mean, and I've never been in a high pressure situation like this. Frankly, I would not do well based on based on how I've handled certain situations in my life. I'm at least. Uh, I'm not too proud to sit here and say I would not do well with that. You know, mm-hmm. I would be the Jeff Weaver on the mound that you would be able to see my, you know, my reactions and my frustration. But it was just, it was palpable in this game. The Ravens were, they wanted to bring intensity, but they brought unhingedness. It was the Chiefs were in their head, rent free from the jump on this game. And mm. and like I said, Harbaugh was concerned with with making Mahomes feel it when they left the pocket, but not at the cost of penalties, not at the cost of 
it, it just it was baffling. And like you said, the Ravens completely got away from the game plan that got them there. And yeah. um, Lamar Jackson, to his credit, after the game, he did say he said he said I am not frustrated at all. Uh, he said the team will come, we will learn from this. We will build on this and we will come back stronger. He said exactly what you said. And I realized what Lamar was trying to do in that moment. He's trying to be a leader. He's trying to, you know, take the team and put it on his back, but that just didn't jibe. If you watched his body language in that game, he was throwing helmets. He was, he was, everyone was throwing helmets. Everyone was throwing helmets. Say flowers with that. Look, I'll give him credit where credit's due on that long pass. Uh, two plays, yeah. three plays there, he went with it fumbling. He was wide open, wide oh, yeah. open. And I think, I think, I think part of the reason why he pushed LeJerry Sneed down, I think LeJerry Sneed tried to trip him. Uh, if you look, okay. look at the replay really close, I, I, it looked to me, and I'm not saying this because I'm a hater. No, I'm not going to hate. I'll give, you know, I give my respect to where it's due, but. I think Legarius Steen was legitimately trying to trip him up because he could because he kept bouncing back and bouncing back around like a like a human joystick. So <laughs> that may be why uh, Flowers got a little bit too hyped up mm-hmm. and uh, stood over him and spun the ball in his general direction. Uh, but I, I don't know. I'll have to look at the replay again. But that's what it looked like to me. I'm just uh, yeah. I'm just going by what my eyeballs were talk were, were seeing. That's all we can do. So, it's all we can do. No, we can do. And Swifties, congratulations! Your team's going to the Super Super Bowl. <laughs> before we go to the before we go to the next game, let's take a quick visit to the comment section. Snowball says a rotten lead egg. LOL. Uh, Wonka the Sane joining in. He actually left. He actually left. He actually left, a, left us a comment. I'll read it in just a second. But I wanted to read this one first. Had the occasion. Had occasion to watch Shake It Off video earlier today. Girl was fun and funny ten years ago and still is. That's everything I have to say about Taylor Swift. There you go. I will say Wonko. I think she's got the best bangs in the business. Her bangs. They're on fire. But, I have a uh... friend. I, I have a friend of mine. I'm not sure if you've ever met him. He hates. Girls with bangs absolutely hates the bangs. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why, but everybody's, Look, you know, uh, everybody's got uh, the things that they love and the things that they don't love so much. But hey, I'm down. If if my future lady out there has bangs, more power to to her. Uh, if she doesn't, that's cool too. But I, I'll just <laughs> say this, and we'll move on to the next section before we talk. We, we turn into cosmetology talk here on No Credentials Required, uh, <laughs> where we turn into the best cosmetology podcast out there. Um, look, some some women have look good with bangs, some women don't. Mm-hmm. So, ladies, help me out with this question. Help me out with That's this. True. Let, me just, let me let me know what you think. Uh, Snowman says, legit question: How many times did the Ravens actually? I don't know. Move the pocket to help Lamar. Thank you, Snowman. Thank None. you. They None. did not make him comfortable. They did not. They did not do anything to relax him, because I, uh, to my eye, he looked keyed up. And it, to go back, it's funny. Mike Holmgren comes up again on this show, but that that Andy Reid, that staff with Andy Reid and John Gruden and Steve Mariucci and Mike Holmgren, they all knew. They all knew Brett Favre would get nervous and excited to start a game 
and he would throw what Mike Holmgren used to call rocket balls. So Mike mm -hmm. Holmgren said we had a few plays in there to have to to help Brett relax and to get him into the flow of the game because we knew once he relaxed he would be a lot more accurate and you know and we'd be in a better spot. That's how you coach a player. That's how you help a player. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Wonko also says Flowers lost the game, quote, single-handedly. Oh, man. Wonko. Yikes. And I'll read, uh, his, actually, I'll, I'll read his comment because he, he left leave a comment for us on Saturday. He says, sorry for missing the live show. Great stuff as always. Boy, the way Dustin powered through last week and you, Ryan, this week was inspiring. Almost made me feel bad for going to work today. <laughs> oh man, we appreciate it, Wonko. Always. We do, we do. We do appreciate you, Wonko. Tune in pretty much every week. Kitnam's in saying sports ball. <laughs> and then uh Wonko, one more, one more quote, one more uh, comment from Wonko. He says, did not see it coming, but feels like Casey had the best D, not just Sunday, but the whole playoffs. No, I yeah, I definitely we, we we're we're on the same page. Yeah. On the same page. All right, moving on to the late afternoon slash nightcap of the championship week of championship Sunday, Detroit at San Francisco. I'll lead off with this one, boy. <sighs> Julie from Michigan. I know you're watch. I know you're you're watching either live or on replay. I know you're brokenhearted. I know it's it's getting. And also, my our buddy Captain Lou, friend of the show, Captain Lou. Yeah, I Lou, was going to say uh, it's going to be tough for Lou too. And, and and Belly Up Sports co-founder Mike Brown, uh, as well as uh, Zach Mack, who are on the uh, uh, Motor T Motor City Realist podcast, which is another Belly Up Sports podcast. Check them out if you're a Detroit sports fan. Yeah, you know, I feel for them. I feel for them. And again, I feel bad for Lions fans because, like like myself, who's a Jets fan, they're fans of another Star Cross franchise, and this Lions team gave their fans so much hope in that first half. And I was beginning to believe too. I was beginning to believe, to believe. I mean, it was just shocking in the way that they were absolutely smashing the 49ers on their home turf. Yeah. And I think what saved the 49ers in this game was the fact that they did not let they, was the fact that they did not let the Lions score a touchdown on their final drive in the first half. They only held them to a field goal. Also, yes. uh CJ was it CJ Johnson, uh, CJ Gardner Johnson, I think. Yeah, as soon as I saw him wave to the sideline after yeah. they went up twenty-one to three, I said, "Oh no, that's not good. That's yeah. not good." And by the way, Lions fans, he's a free agent, so I'm sure I'm sure you'll be happy to see him go after uh, what he did on Sunday. Between that and the and that weird penalty on the interception, he got called for a blindside block. I that's a weird call. Yeah. Yeah. That's a weird Yeah. Call. Yeah, it seems like we always go off on the officiating too much, but sometimes, you know, sometimes there's still decisions that make you scratch your head. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Now, let's flip it to the other the next half. This was literally a tale of two halves. And I think if the Lions had scored a touchdown instead of kicking a field goal, this game was over. This game was pretty much over. I, th I thought it was all I had to do is kick field goals. You don't have to score another touchdown. Just kick, kick, kick field goals. Their defense do their dirty work. And then came the bounce 
a literal mm. bounce, a lucky bounce that literally saved the 49ers season, led to a touchdown. Then when I thought that the Lions were going to try to respond with a touchdown on their own, that's the first drive of the second half for the 49ers. They really needed that touchdown. They, and they really needed that touchdown. Yeah. They really needed it. I mean, yeah. Say what you want. It's a lucky bounce. I so sometimes the bounces, the breaks come to those who who uh who get him. I, I believe it was Branch Rickey, who was the uh, man who brought in Jackie Robinson to the to the uh Brooklyn Dodgers who said who said uh, and I paraphrase him, luck luck is the is the residue of design. So there's a design play, it bounces off of the Detroit Lions helmet into the arms of Brandon Ayuk, who ends up scoring that touchdown to complete the drive. Lions go driving down the field. They keep, they kept going. That's the thing about the Lions. They just kept. They didn't initially. They didn't panic. They didn't panic. And they drove down the field. They're going into San Francisco territory. They went up to the twenty-eight yard line of San Francisco on fourth and two. Rather than taking the three points, Dan Campbell, you know, for all the brass he has in his being, the giant testiculars that he has, has had, he's had all season long. He absolutely killed the Lions' season. By not taking the three points, going for it on fourth and two, Jared Goff gets pressured with from the edge by Joey Bosa. Ends up throwing it to his receiver, who should have caught that ball. That should have been Reynolds should have caught that ball. He would have had the first down by about three yards. Instead, Lions turn it over on downs. The Lions turn over on downs. Niners score again. Then Jameer Gibbs coughs up the ball. Yeah. That's why, that's why that's when I that's why I turned the game off. And I said to myself, you know what? This is too much momentum for the Lions to come back from. Niners wind up score. What Niners wind up scoring another touchdown, kick the field goal. Lions try another fourth down play. Don't get it. Touchdown scored by the Niners, which pretty much makes it fade out complete. And again, it was really just a tale of two halves. And what it really came down to. Was part of it was Kyle Shanahan out coaching Dan Campbell. Kyle Shanahan says yes. Kyle Shanahan's been in the situation. He's been to NFC Championship games. I believe it's been. I think it's been what three, three out of the last four NFC Championships this team has been to. Um, so he knows. He knows what he's doing. It also came down to execution. The Lions player, the Lions offense went on fourth down. Been doing this all year with the fourth down plays. Their success rate is pretty is pretty decent this year. Couldn't execute when it came down to came, when it came down to it, and also the Niners didn't panic. The Niners didn't mm-hmm. panic. You know, you're wa- I, I know watching. I'm going to bring up another combat sports comparison here. The UFC, <laughs> when you see a guy getting grounded and pounded, or he's or he's pinned down, or he's pinned down, he's in a bad position. He doesn't panic, and eventually, the momentum swing comes around, and that's what happened. Was that the Niners didn't panic when they were getting pummeled in the first half, came out swinging in the second half. When the Lions felt the momentum swinging, the Lions collapse. And again, I'm like I talked about with the Ravens game. I think I think this team, I think collectively, I saw a stat where collectively as a team, the the Niners had had 73 players among them who had comp, or, or 73 games combined. The Niners had in championship game experience, and the Lions had only seven. So again, Dan Campbell and good news for Lions fans. 
Ben Johnson is going to stay in Detroit. He signed a new contract today. He's going. He's not going anywhere to take a coaching job. He's staying in Detroit. So that should salvage. That should. Uh, that should solve the wound just a little bit. But still, I mean, you could do one of two things. You can either let it be a learning experience and come back stronger next year, or see that the window's closing and blow it up and try something different. But I think this Lions team, this Lions team will be back. Will be back next year. But as for now, right for now, for, as for right now, 49ers are back in the championship saddle. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you, you touched on a lot of what I want to say. Um, the only things I'll add is that, and first of all, Snowman, we know this is no shade to your team. I will, I will give them their flowers. I will talk about, I will talk about what they did and how resilient they were to survive and, that, and, that. And snowman, and snowman, it hurts for Dustin because he's a Seahawks fan. <laughs> yes, it does. It does pain me to say this, but you know the essence of the Niners not panicking. You can look at one Brock Purdy. He's he's still a young quarterback. What everyone you know, everyone says that. You know, some people argue, is Purdy just a game manager? I would say no, he's more than that. Um, and it, he, but he himself showed a modicum of experience. He did not panic after he threw that pick. After that, he played very well. The Lions had all that momentum. And to me, the onus on this game, and I understand, you got the Jameer Gibbs fumble. You got you got a couple of key drops. Like you said, Reynolds should have caught that ball. Could have changed the whole momentum of the game. But we gave him a lot of we gave him a lot of praise. And now I got to get on him a little bit. I tried to tell you earlier in the season, Dan Campbell. I tried to tell you to cool it with the fourth downs. Cool it with going for it. I know it's your personality. To his credit, Dan Campbell tried to stick with the methods that got him there. But the way he mm -hmm. executed them was so poor. I'm sitting there as the Lions are crushing the 49ers in the first half. Nothing is going right for the, for the 49ers. Dan Campbell gets within striking distance. And I'm thinking he's going to go for it on fourth down. They're already up. They're already up twenty-one-three. They're going to put. They're going to put their foot on the gas. Mm -hmm. And he elects to kick the field goal there. To me, that was a one hundred percent Dan Campbell. You want to go for it? Go for it right there. That's your, team your is chance. Throttling. That's your chance. Yes, yeah. that is yep. where you should do it. Your team is throttling the 49ers. If you don't get it, then you can rebound and come out in the second half. But you kick the field goal there after 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 weeks of going for it on fourth down. And then after the bounce, the Niners, they did not flinch. And, it, and I have looked at the clips. You can see it. George Kittle said he went up to Brock Purdy. I saw it this morning. He went up to Brock Purdy on the sideline, and he said, keep talking to the guys. I can't wait to say they had us in the first half. Not going to lie, but we're going to come back and beat them. He, he predicted it. He predicted mm -hmm. it, and the Lions played right into their hands. The Niners did not flinch. They, they, they took the punch. They took the punch in their home stadium, and they came out ready to punch back. The Lions played like they 
they were surprised to be in the position they were in because that's the chance. That's the spot where you go for it, Dan Campbell. The two spots where you went for it subsequently were terrible. You know what a field goal would have done? It would have stopped the bleeding somewhat. The 49ers were coming back on you. Points on the board at that point. Get points on the board. Calm your team down. But you went for it in these terrible spots. And I'm sorry, Dan Campbell, but you cost the Lions the game. Yes, the players had some mistakes. Yes, there were collapses. There was the there was the fumble. There was there were some drops. There were some catchable balls that did not get caught. And the Niners smelled blood in the water because they're sharks. They have experience. Mm-hmm. But Dan Campbell, that is one of the worst decisions. Why did you not go for it when you've been doing it all year? In the spot where you should have gone for it, you had the game in hand, you had momentum, and you threw it away. You threw it away, and then you decided it was almost like you were throwing mud at the wall. You're like, oh no, they're coming back on us. They're coming back. Here's what I'm gonna do. It's gonna, I'm gonna do it now. It's too late. It's too late. Yeah. The yeah. Niners and defense as, is too good. Yeah. And as soon as that second that that fourth down happened, that first fourth down gamble happened, you could see an entire city, uh, an entire state rather, of Lions fans doing this. <laughs> Yes, I'm waiting to play that all, 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 play that think, all show long. I think that 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 uh, sound was live from Ford Field live. Well, actually, I I think this was the sound that people were yelling as soon as the kit we had the uh, fact that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and forty nine San Francisco Forty Nine ers were going to meet in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Oh, oh, and one more thing. We'll take you live to Raider Nation where they find out that their chief rival, no pun intended, their their division rival, Kansas City Chiefs, and their former uh, across-the-way, across-the-bay rival will be meeting in their stadium on February 11th. Oh man. Never gets old. <laughs> Before we take our lone commercial break, I'll take one more trip to the comments section. Kitten says, It was rough for our dear friend Julie. I know absolutely nothing about football, but I was still yelling at that coach, which is very surprising. <laughs> <laughs> and Snowman chiming in, San Francisco. Yeah. Good for you, Snowman. Oh, it's this true. I, and I mean, this is why I didn't want to hear for the next two weeks between <laughs> Swifties and Snowman going yeah. off about the Snowman. Love you, buddy. No, and, Love you dearly. But I got to bust your chops on this. But I'm yeah, like, I mean, and I mean, if they win, if they win even until September. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, congrats. You know, I don't want to take things away from the San Francisco 49ers. I have no love loss for them. They're the chief rival in the division. Looks like they're going to be the kings of the division for a while. Or it could be the Rams coming up because the Rams showed they still got some juice left. And uh, the Cardinals. So basically, I'm saddling up for it to be a long couple of years in the division for my Seahawks. But Brock Purdy, he made some key plays with his legs too to extend, you know, to to really take the air out of uh, 
out of Detroit. I'm happy for Christian McCaffrey, who, who toiled away for years on Panthers teams. He gets to go to a Super Bowl now, but I did not want this Super Bowl. Sam Darnold! I mean, Sam yeah. Darnold's going to the Super Bowl! He is the Lego man himself. Ever since somebody oh. made that comparison, I'll never be able to unsee it. Um, but I will say, I mean, I just didn't want this. It's no shade to anybody, but but I was so hoping, especially for the Lions. I mean, come on, they had that yeah. they had that guy that's in hospice care that dyed his hair, and I thought he was gonna get to see it. You know, I really did. So it's no shade to any 49ers fans. It's no shade to any Chiefs fans. Enjoy. But suffice it to say, the rest of us will just enjoy the food a little less this year watching the Super Bowl. And we're all jealous. That's what it comes down well, to. Except except for the Swifties. The Swifties, the Beehive, a band of orcs, you're all the same. You're all the same yeah. to me. All the same. <laughs> A <laughs> uh, snowman also says I'm ripping Cam Newton apart tomorrow. I thought you did that on yeah. I thought you did that uh last week. Well, anyway. Uh he says it's either going to be well, point me know it's either going to be on the show or it's gonna be a snowman in the morning extra. Uh Dragon of Chaos joining us. Too bad about the lines. They've been bad for so long. With quite in, would have been quite the underdog story. And Wonko continuing. I thought Pete Carroll was bad at situational football, but Campbell was awful. Probably the next Seattle coach, he was so bad. <laughs> See, Wanko has the same outlook that I do. We've been spoiled with the <laughs> Pete Carroll era in spite of all his faults. But I remember the Dennis Erickson era Seattle Seahawks. Yes, that's mm. right. It happened. <laughs> it's not gonna, I just got a bad feeling. I got a bad feeling. And, yes, the Jim Mora Jr. era. We don't, we don't speak of that one. Oh. I think he's coaching at UConn now. So. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yikes. All right, we're going to take our long commercial break, but when we come back, I've got a rant because I'm, there's so there's one thing I'm really sick of, and I need to get it off my chest. Otherwise, it's going to stick there, and, and it's not going to be it's not going to be a healthy therapy session tomorrow. So stay tuned to no credentials required. <laughs> Are you ready to elevate your sports betting experience? Look no further than DraftKings Sportsbook. Why choose DraftKings Sportsbook? Unmatched variety. Bet on your favorite sports leagues or discover new ones to follow. Live betting. Test your instincts and feel the adrenaline as you bet in real time while the game unfolds. Promotions and boosted odds. DraftKings keeps the excitement going with a range of promotions, odds boosts, and special offers. And a user-friendly interface. Whether you're a seasoned better or new to the game, DraftKings' intuitive platform makes placing bets a breeze. Ready to dive in? Belly Up Sports has partnered with DraftKings Sportsbook to give you an exclusive offer. Sign up at dkng.co forward slash bellyup150 and new customers will get $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet $5 or more. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your love for sports to the next level. Sign up today and let the games begin. Please gamble responsibly. 21 years or older. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. That's right, folks. Even if you can't have fun watching the Super Bowl this year because of the two teams that are in the Super Bowl, you can at least have some fun by winning some car, some hard, cold, cold, oh my gosh, cold, hard cash <laughs> on go. DraftKings Sportsbook. There we go. On DraftKings Sportsbook, we have an exclusive offer for you. If you go to the link in the description, which is www.dkng.co forward slash bellyup150, if you're a new customer, 
provided you're in a state that has legalized sportsbook, sportsbook, you will get, with your first $5 deposit, an additional $200 in bonus bets. I mean, what could, what, what's, what, you know, the one thing that's great about the Super Bowl, prop bets. Prop oh, bets. Yeah. Prop bets are coming. We'll, we'll talk about our favorite pot, uh, pot bets. Prop bets. <laughs> that's an entirely, oh man, we might lose our, we might lose our uh, affiliation after this, but, <laughs> but prop bets. Not, we'll talk about next Saturday for this Rubble preview. Some of the fun prop bets that are going on uh, with this year's Super Bowl, as we always have. But get yourself some, get yourself, have some fun. Bet responsibly. Get more responsibly, first of all. But secondly, if you're a new customer, go to dkng.co forward slash bellyup150. You sign up today. You get five, you get, you put your first $5 deposit in, you get $200 in bonus bets. Again, please gamble responsibly and go to the website for more details. All right, Dustin. I gotta get something off. I gotta get something off my chest. And I don't know if you have something to get off your chest too. You're more than welcome to join in with my rant, or you are more than welcome to have a rant of your own. And we kind of talked about it. We we were we were talking about bringing back the list because we had a list of quarterbacks we wanted to talk about who have never won a Super Bowl. But after hearing some of the nonsense I've been hearing the last couple days. In reaction to the AFC and NFC Championship games, we got to talk about this. And I'm going to take the screen for. I'm going to take. I'm going to go solo for a second. Yeah, I cede the floor to you, sir. Thank you, thank you. Please, dopey pundits, whether you're on the Four Letter Network or on Fox Sports One, with Drip Bayless, Ski Up Bayless, or Nick Wrong. I mean Nick Wright. Or if you're on the four-letter network, stop the comparisons to Tom Brady. Or for that matter, any legendary athlete, stop the comparisons. Ever since we got the Super Bowl participants decided, dopey pundits, again, either on the four-letter network or on Fox Sport, Foolish Sports One, have made all sorts of comparisons of Brock Purdy and Brady and Patrick Mahomes to Tom Brady. That's some real talk for a second, guys. Brock Purdy's in his first Super Bowl. It could be the first of many. It could be the only one. We really don't know how this career will pan out. So far, so good for him. Congratulations, dude. Patrick Mahomes is in his fourth Super Bowl in five years. He's won two, going for his third. Great. Good for him. Congratulations. Have yourself a cheeseburger with Andy Reid if you win the game. But for as much as I dislike Pat Tom Brady when he was with the New England Patriots, I can respect his greatness for the fact that he won seven Super Bowls and went to 11 of them. And he even won a Super Bowl without Bill Belichick, who is regarded by many, I'm not really sure why, as one of the great as the greatest coach of our era. Although Andy Reid is quickly on his tail. Now remember when Harold Mine I'm old enough to remember. When it was a basketball player by the name of Harold Miner, played at USC, talented guy, spectacularly talented guy, but everyone kept comparing him, saying, oh, he is the next Michael Jordan. His game is similar to Michael Jordan's. Stop. The only comparison Harold Miner had to Michael Jordan, and God bless him for going to the NBA, it's more than what I could have ever achieved, 
was the fact that he dunked like him and had the same hairstyle and that he had none at all. He was bald. She had his head bald. Those are the only two comparisons. That's where they ended. But again, with these dopey pundits on the four-letter network and Foolish Sports 1 farming for engagement on social media saying Purdy and Mahomes are just like Tom Brady. Stop it. You want a comparison of greatness? Appear in, 10, appear in 11 Super Bowls. Play for 23 seasons. Until then, stop the comparison game. And then to add, to any athlete, Pre-draft, like if you before you get drafted by a team, if you if you get asked a question by one of these journalists who say, "Well, your game is is being compared to this person," and and if you say, "I don't want to be the next this, I want to be the first me," I will buy your jersey as soon as you are drafted. Dustin, anything else? Anything to add? What? Other than the fact, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rant uh, because I already kind of ranted on Dan Campbell. That was mostly what I was gonna rant about, and him, his, his, his philosophy of going for it on fourth down, but he didn't do it in the perfect opportunity that he could have done it, and it would have made perfect sense. But I completely agree with you on this. The these leaps, everybody wants Ugh. to anoint the next this person the next that person and it's not fair to that person either because then it saddles no. them with that uh that expectation moniker or trying to live up to that moniker you, you want to know that the story that i and this this is going to go a little bit off off uh topic bear with me here but the, this is the the craziest example that i could ever think of uh, of this type of stuff. Because people have been comparing Tom Brady. He's going to be the standard that people are looking at now. You know, it, it's going to be uh, – everybody's going to be looking for the next Tom Brady. It's just like I've made this comparison before, but in the early 90s when the grunge movement hit and, and Nirvana broke, the labels were looking for the next Nirvana. That's what they wanted, the next Nirvana. That's what they were chasing – Jordan has been the sports equivalent of that for many, many moons now. Everybody's saying, oh, he's the next MJ. I remember people talking talking like Tracy McGrady was going to be the next MJ. The, you know, Kobe was anointed the next MJ. Luckily, Kobe was good enough to carve out his own yep. legacy. But and, then it and, just gets – And Michael and, – and Michael, I'm sorry to interrupt you. And Michael Jordan recognized that greatness firsthand at the 98 All-Star game. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And as much as people like to heap heap uh, a bunch of hate on LeBron, and I don't always agree with everything he does, or I don't always think he's the best, but why can't you just accept, okay, MJ was MJ, LeBron's LeBron. Why do we have to compare everybody all the time? It's it's so annoying. But the the example that I'm going to get to now is there, there was a player, Stefan Marbury entered the NBA, and people called him Starberry. People called him, like said he was going to yeah. be the greatest, you know, one of the greatest point guards. And Stefan Marbury ended up being a great, you know, NBA player in his own right. But he had some personal problems. But if you if you heard the story of his cousin Sebastian Telfair, Sebastian mm-hmm. Telfair was Remember told him. by his parents in eighth grade, "You're going to be our ticket out of here." 
you're going to be, you're going to make the NBA. You're going to be our ticket out of here. You're going to, you're going to, uh, you're going to write the ship, so to speak. And they were, they were already saying that he was better than Stefan Marbury in eighth grade, ninth grade. This kid, the, this kid was yeah. under the microscope. And guess what? LeBron handled it. You got to give him that. When he was in high school, he handled it. He had his games were being broadcast, but not everybody can handle that. Because guess what happened to Sebastian Telfair? He did make it to the NBA. I believe he was drafted by the Timberwolves. I can't quite remember. It was either the Timberwolves or the Blazers, but he ended up on the Timberwolves and he had some problems. He had some problems and then he's out of the NBA and then people like to call him a bust. Well, maybe if we let the person be and we didn't try to compare them to everybody all the time and heap all these expectations on all this pe- on all on this kid, maybe he would have turned out okay. You know, it's yeah. it's yeah. Uh, stuff like this. The, he was drafted by the Trailblazers, but went up signing with Tim, with the Timberwolves uh, in two thousand seven. Yep. Yep. So or he was traded. Yeah, he was traded. He was traded. Sorry. Okay. All right, so my memory I'll give was you, I'll, pretty I'll, good on that's that. Okay. That's okay. We do real-time research on this program. We want to make sure we're factually correct. Another name I want to bring up, Felipe Lopez. I don't know if you remember him. He was considered the Hispanic Michael Jordan. He had all these okay. expectations. He was considered one of the greatest high school basketball players in New York in New York City. And hopefully Wise all have face watching. He can attest to this because he's from the Bronx. He's from that area. And he had all these expectations. He was supposed to be the next great thing. Went to St. John's. Unfortunately, didn't have quite the career that he was supposed to have at St. John's with all the expectations landed on him. Had a serviceable NBA career, but he had played most of his career in, uh, I believe, Dominican Republic uh, and Puerto Rico. Let's see if I'm I'm right here. Let's see. Uh, Yeah, he played played most of his ball in... uh, Oh, he played the Albany Patroons in 2006 and 2007. So, oh, there um, we go. Yeah, so there you go. A little, little no-known fact about him. About to bring, about to bring in the conversation of the greatest athletes to come through the Capital Region. But yeah, I mean, you're right, Dustin. We 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 pile all these expectations and all these all these all this praise on people and compare them to other players, and we're just like, you know what? I just want to be the first me. Yeah, which is which should be the attitude of every single athlete who comes out in the draft, whether they were basketball player, a football player, hockey player, baseball player. I don't want to. I don't want to hear them say, "Oh, I just want to be the next X. I want to be the first me." Yeah, yeah, it's it's apt, and and I get it. These networks they got they got to talk about things for the next few weeks and they're looking to get views and they're looking to get engagements and they're looking and it's happy. look everybody whether it be the barber shop or a backyard barbecue or whatever um, people like to people like to start sports debates. It's one of the great things whether you're at a bar I it's get one of the it, best but, things about being a guy. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> or, or you know, or any any sports fan, you know, it's one of the greatest things. And you like to you like to try to kind of pound the podium for your for your guy or for your person, or you know, if you if there's a stance you're passionate on. I get that, but to compare to compare either of these quarterbacks to Tom Brady as of right now is absolutely absurd, especially with mm-hmm. Brock Purdy. Patrick yeah. Mahomes has had a lot of success, so it's not as outlandish, but it's still 
what it should show you is how absurd Brady was. Brady was machine-like. There, I, I'm telling you, and I had no love loss for Tom Brady. I couldn't stand the Pats. One of my greatest Legion of Boom memories is when the Seahawks shut him down and then Richard Sherman goes up to him after the game. It was when the Seahawks were up and coming and the Patriots were well-established, right? Richard Sherman goes up to the game up to Tom Brady after the game or uh, as Brady's walking off the field, tries to shake his hand, sticks his hand in his face. You know Brady's not shaking that hand, Richard. You're trolling him. But anyway, <laughs> that uh, it's let you know when it's okay to compare players when it's done. Let's see what let's see what Patrick Mahomes does. But guess what? Patrick Mahomes is great already in his own right. You can watch Personal feelings about him aside, you can watch that uh, quarterback documentary on Netflix. You want to see how hard Patrick Mahomes trains, you can check that out. Um, I would highly advise watching that if you haven't because Kirk Cousins goes through it. Marcus Mariota, he goes through it. It just shows the level of preparation you have to have to be a quarterback in the NFL. It's simply astonishing. Yeah. And um, it's not just any – it's not just the quarterback position. It's – Every yeah. position, wide receiver, tight end, running back, offensive line, defensive. It's every position. It's like, mm -hmm. we got to compare this guy to this guy. No, we don't. Yeah. No, we don't. Let them carve out their own legacy. Let them car let this player, let these players carve out their own name. Make themselves be great. Don't yeah. compare them to a certain uh, one specific athlete because you want to have a conversation, have a debate because you're bored or because some producer says, Oh, we should have we should, or, or some producer brings up in a meeting. We should have this debate on the air. We'll, we'll we're going to generate lots of content online. It's like no, no, be yeah. intelligent. Have an intelligent have an intelligent conversation. Yeah, and I mean, if you want to say, oh, elements of his game at this stage remind me of blah blah blah, that's fine because you're not directly compared. But to say that Brock Purdy is just like Tom Brady is asinine. Uh, has Brock Purdy? Proved a bunch, proved to a bunch of people that he should not have been Mister Irrelevant. Hundred percent. Is it impressive that he he went into this 49er team last year and the and the and the Niners reports? And you can correct me if I'm wrong, Snowman, but I remember reports coming out of Niners, uh, the Niners at that time when Purdy took over. They said he has established himself as the leader of this team. People are looking to him in the huddle. Um, so, you know, stuff like that, amazing, but let's let his career play out. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Don't start with the, mm -hmm. the hyperbole. Yeah. And that's what it all is. It's hyperbole for the sake of hyperbole. It's just, it's, it's, it's shouting into the void like this. <laughs> And I mean, while we're on the subject, Skip Bayless, I put in a separate category. He's just gonna do what he always does. He's his own special. He's his own he kind of special, kind of stupid. That's what. He <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> All right, we're gonna close up things, but before we do that, we just want to go back to the comment section. Kevin Wilson, Mister Belly Up Fantasy Sports, says, "I missed Dustin's rant. Damn it!" <laughs> 
Well, Kevin, you can always go back and watch it. You know, watch the rest of the, go back and watch the highlights of the show. I mean, we're, we're welcome. To yeah. It. I mean, anybody it wasn't, it wasn't too ranty. It certainly wasn't no. on the level of my, of my, of my Shawn Michaels, 1995 Luka Doncic comparison. <laughs> that that is that is Greatest. my magnum opus what so the, far. That is, that is your magnum opus of Luka's <laughs> acquired. Yeah, Luka Doncic loses his smile. <laughs> last, comment, <laughs> last comment of the night goes to our friend Wonka the saying, "My rant: the greatest quote stickball game is pool, not baseball, hockey, tennis, lacrosse, or that European stickball named after a bug." End rant. <laughs> I will say I am I am a fan of pool. You know, I used to have a pool table in my grandma's basement growing up, and then it moved to my mother's house. I was never any good, but I like to play a lot. And uh, yeah. Dirk Nowitzki once called it pool billiards. I was like, "That's pretty fantastic, Dirk. I love that." Yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the same thing, Dirk. <laughs> yeah, I like pool billiards. <laughs> he is a treasure. He is a treasure, is, Dirk Nowitzki. He is a is a and he is an NBA international treasure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before we get out of here, I just want to remind you about our social channels: Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at NoCredsReq, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsReq, YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsReq. Follow us on our social media channels, and as always, please like, comment, share, and subscribe to all of our social media channels. Also, to those who've been watching the replay on Rumble and the YouTube Belly Up Belly Up Sports YouTube channel, we thank you for for joining along. Please make sure to follow us here on the podcast side. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Pod, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, the soon to be departed Google Play, wherever you podcast. Rate and review. Give us a five star rating. And also, if you're on a platform where you can do a review, we'll even read it on the air. We'll be back on Saturday for an edition of another edition of Saturday Brunch. However, programming note, no show next Tuesday because I will be at a speaking event. I'll be go I'll be going to Proctor's Theater attending the Dr. Jordan Peterson lecture. I'm sure Dustin will have something else in mind, but next Saturday we're going to have our we're going to have our Super Bowl special. We're hoping to bring back some special guests from last year. We had Cole Johnson last year. We had Jared from Corner Booth on last year. We might bring on some other panelists, but we're hoping to bring back some guests. So next Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern, is our Super Bowl preview. So until then, thank you for tuning in to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We are presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. For Dustin Henry, I'm Ryan McCarthy. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you on Saturday morning. Good night, everybody.